Hello, welcome back to a new episode of For the Love of Weather podcast, where we discuss all things weather and how they can impact our daily lives. We hope, like always, you leave this episode loving the weather just that little bit more. My name is Gemma. And hello, everybody. My name is Ashling. And today we have all of our guests are so special. I keep saying that I'm like the super special guests because we get very excited about talking to everybody. <laughs> But in this episode, we get to share the podcast stage with someone who I know very well for the last five years. It's Mr. Chris Page, ITV Anglia's weather presenter, plus weather presenter for around the regions, plus lots of technical guru things, plus general go-to for all problem solving. And you can follow Chris on all media platforms at ChrisPage90. That's like Twitter, Instagram. You've also got a Facebook IT web. You you do, for all your little fans go to. Yeah, that's, that's why everyone gets everything, you know, more weather where I just allow to have more things available. You, you let people see a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more <laughs> weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> anyway, we love to start every single episode with, the, I mean, the reason you're on here, the reason this podcast even exists is because myself and Gemma have this like, ridiculous obsession about the weather and we had nowhere to put all of the conversations that people are just sick listening to us about so Chris the reason I know how much you love the weather is because we do the same job we share literally do the same literally do the same job and I know for a fact you love the weather I don't even I don't even think we can like like there's no like you love it more I love it more but we certainly do love it in slightly different ways but what I love to know and what we always love to hear is you know when was that first time the very first time that you thought I don't know where how I'm going to get there but this is a and that said and I need to go to said how was where did the weather love come from so my absolute passion for weather started this sounds so cliche doesn't it like it started when I was six right and I had to, I built a rain gauge with my dad, which was all from scouts and I was all from cubs, I think at that time, I was probably six, probably beavers actually. So yeah, so I basically built this rain gauge with my dad and I then had to like keep a weather log, a weather diary and you know, collecting the rain, seeing how much we'd had, measuring it, uh, jotting it down, also I could get this weather badge. And um, I think my obsession just with looking outside and every single day, either getting something completely different or getting something exactly the same and trying to understand, you know, and then watching, you know, TV broadcasts at the time and being like, why is this happening? And, or just the the whole interest about the atmosphere or just how much goes on above my head that happens every day and it impacts my everyday life and everyone else's, not just obviously. Mm, Yeah. And I think that, it was just from that really young age that I was like, right, I love weather so much. And from there, I then basically did geography at school. And I absolutely love geography. And my uh, high school teacher, um, Nikki Burdett, who is now a really good friend of mine, was like my inspiration at high school for learning about the earth, learning about the processes on the planet, like an I think deep down, I'm a, well, I am a geographer, I'm a physical geographer. That's where I, what I've studied and I'm very passionate about, about geography. And, you know, that's where my love of weather came from, from that young age of being like inspired by building this rain gauge, then about learning about something at school that I just wanted to learn so much more about. It has the science in there. It was not just at the time weather, it was obviously rivers and coasts and glaciers and hurricanes and volcanoes and tectonics and all these things, which I absolutely adored so much. I didn't really enjoy the human geography side, I'm not going to lie, but then developed my skills in geography and really loved the weather weather topics that we did as well. Hmm. And then I obviously took that on to uni, studied that at uni as well. Um, and my, I think my... Then, like, passion for weather arrived as well, more so when I, um, my tutor at the University of Reading was, like, her topic was um, climatology. And and I remember the first thing she said, she was Russian as well, so you know what, Russian, very, very much to the point about everything. Um, 
she she was very such a lovely very small lovely lady and she just said this is the hardest module in the whole of uh, your first year of geography Chris and I was like okay and she said um it has the highest fail rate and I thought oh great so you're telling me <laughs> the highest fail rate like the hardest subject but then because she had said this to me and she was my personal tutor I was like I'm going to do really well at this and I'm going to put a lot of effort in but because I'd l- just been interested in weather for so long obviously from starting so young and being just interested in it and like you know then getting my first science kit my first weather station all those kinds of things that um <clears throat> the passion was already there and I can just remember her sitting me down actually in like I've probably been with her six months at this point and she sat me down she says Chris what do you want to do in her Russian accent apologies if any Russian speakers are listening to this and I just did the worst impression <laughs> and I said um oh I want to be a pilot Maria and she goes bah everybody wants to be a pilot what do you really want to do <laughs> just thought okay <laughs> fine then what else could I do and um because of aviation and the impacts of climate and weather and I took modules in um, meteorology as well in my second and third year that my degree ended up being like primarily about the weather and the climate and also that I was really interested in glaciation and and the Arctic and stuff too so yeah I'm really curious to know that uh, this tutor of yours that said, no, what do you really want to do? She wouldn't have said that if she wasn't picking up a hint of some like, what's the word, resistance from you when you were saying that. So like, was she right? Like, you know, like you wouldn't, like if you really wanted to do that, you would have said, no, 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 no. I really, really want to do that. You know, so what was she picking up on there? So I, you know what? I think the thing was as well is that I, when I took my degree I had this I actually looked at doing a degree at another university which was in pilot studies and engineering and I had this crossroad and I was like right do I do a subject that I absolutely love and I want to know so much more about and that can open up so many different career paths with it as well or do I do something that's very unique and very specific and what might happen is I might then go down a completely different path that I've never thought about and I ended up deciding to go with geography mainly because of the topic that I'd chosen and I think uh, you know that I was most interested in and I think the reason why she probably I didn't resist when she said that is because I was what 20 20 at the time I think it was yeah I know 19 maybe 19 and um I think what happened is she if I'd have wanted to have done something related to flying I would have already had a go and would have already done flying lessons or you know a lot of pilots would already have applied to different things and so I think she was kind of just like saying what else could you do she mm-hmm. was actually pushing for me to do more academia stuff and I was like I need a break after uni I do not need to do another year just yet it's been tough I think from there I then just ended up like I came I traveled after uni and I came back and I was like right I know what I want to do do now I want to do something about weather because okay. my degree was basically like specified like my topics down mm. so much I applied for the Met Office and the rest is history the rest is history <laughs> I'm interested to know when you I've got two questions actually uh, the first one is probably a bit more on brand for the podcast we'll start with that and uh, when you went to the Met Office did you actually do aviation and get to do stuff in that industry yeah yeah and the thing was so this is where there's a, this other side so the thing that then happened was so when I worked to the mail office, you basically start as an aviation forecaster and commercial forecaster pretty much. And before in the interim period of me having this conversation about being a pilot and joining the Met office, I used to do talks at the University of Reading on student life. And I did this one talk and basically it was all about um, it's like 20 minutes, half an hour's chat to prospective students coming to the university and their parents and basically trying to encourage them and tell them what was involved about student life and stuff. And at the end of this, a chap came up to me and his son, and his son was interested in physical geography. He turned out, this is so, so random, he turned out that he was the, one of the CAA, so the Civil Aviation Authority's like chiefs in the, in the industry. He turned around and said, oh, and I said, oh, I wanted to be a pilot, blah, blah, blah. And he's, he ended up working for the National Air Traffic Service as well. And he was like, well, I can, I can 
you know, if you're interested, I can take you down there and you can have a look. So I, in the interim of all of this, I did apply to do national air traffic as well. <laughs> God, <laughs> you Chris, you're a different. brave man. I wouldn't touch it. I've, I've thought, I've thought, but no, no. So I absolutely, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Oh, God. I, but I think, Ash, and you know me very well, that I yeah. am, I'm a bit of a chatty person and I do get distracted quite <laughs> yeah. easily. And, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want you to be sitting in gnats as I'm coming in on a busy bypass <laughs> from like Charles de Gaulle and there's a thunderstorm running in from East London and there's, I don't know how many aircrafts to get through the channel. Down it's the flyback <laughs> to the airport. Yeah. Exactly. I can imagine. Yeah, how's um, your flight? <laughs> yeah, so I think the fact was that because I sat down, watched what they were doing, I did apply in the end, but I just thought, do you know what, Chris? This is not the right job for you. The mm-hmm. stress level, first of all, involved in this role, and the amount of constant. I think they only worked for like forty-five minutes at a time. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. It was so intense. And I think after then working with the Met Office and then going in on detachments and working with pilots and aviation and seeing it from the other side, I still got the buzz that I was doing mm. something with the aviation industry, talking to pilots, but understanding, you know, what they were doing is they're, they're, they're basically flying in our playground. That's how I, how I felt. I was like, I know the knowledge now of mm. the atmosphere, the impacts that this can have on your day-to-day life. And I can help you like with guidance and what you, mm. know, what, what, you should get you know. to experience that as well and go and see what it was like in regards to the the nat stuff and, and yeah 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 oh so so interesting and just it was literally a, because I was in the right place at the right time that parent came up to me and spoke to me and um he then I had a long chat with his son actually and I I encouraged him to take neutrology at Reading and <laughs> he's just got in fact uh, he's just finished a uh, PhD in it in a meteorology. So um, we'll have yeah, to tap was, him up for his crazy. info. Get him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure we can. I want to double back to this is way back to what you said um, earlier on, but I I was part of the brownies and they did not have a weather badge. I feel very let down here that you mm. got to do a weather badge and the brownies yeah. and the guides. There was was no weather badge. What is going on there? need to find out if that's changed i need a weather badge i don't know about you ash but (laughs) so there was no brownies or guides in ireland at the time there was only scouts Gemma. so Mm. i don't know whether that's giving Mm. away my age or the type of (laughs) environment i grew up in one or the other yeah no i didn't but you know i would join the brownies just for the the than the what what was that older than the one older than the scout movie Possibly. The scout movement. No, know. no, no, no. There was <laughs> no, definitely scout. There was definitely scouts, but there was no. I think it was only a few years later they started allowing girls into the scouts in Ireland. I don't think we had brownies, not that I recall. Tiny little <laughs> nation we lived if in. I'll make us both a uh, weather badge, Ash. Don't worry. Well, I think yeah, we I'm need pretty one. sure you would box the weather badge now. Oh, I hope so. I, hope so. Okay. Gonna, I want one so I can put it on like my arm, and then on and- the night shift I can be like. Got, my Got weather the weather badge. badge. Yeah. <laughs> and for those parents out there that may watch Hey Dougie, there's also a weather badge as well, which I super love. So really good. I have to get myself one of those. So Chris, I just want to jump to a little bit, fast forward a bit. Um, So you're really big on social media. It's like, but you're one of these people that just sort of like, it's really is part of your life. It's definitely more of an effort for me to like, I'm at the end of my day and I'm like, ah, I should probably tweet something, you know, like, but for you, it is very much actually just part and parcel of kind of how you go about stuff and has been for a long time. So how important is social media to you? Like, when did that like start growing for you? And like, what have the benefits been of it? You know, tell us a bit more about your social media life. Okay. So social media, I think is one of the most powerful things that we have access to. So obviously you've got different platforms for different audiences at a first glance. So, you know, Facebook now is a much more of a mature group of people that probably use that is the best way to say it. Um, People that are probably, and there's a bit more of a kind of a reading involved on Facebook. You've then got your, your Twitter, which is basically 
perfect for the environment that we work in because it's a very newsy environment. You know, a tweet from two or three hours ago is kind of becoming old, you know, or even a few minutes ago is becoming old news. It's all about living in the moment on Twitter. And <clears throat> they do that really well because you're limited with the number of characters that you can use. So it's short, snappy, bang, here's the headlines kind of thing. Instagram obviously is, is another platform where Instagram stories are now really big as well. And that's like where TikTok has kind of taken off too. And so I am on social media and I do think it's really powerful and a great way to be like another platform that you can get in with an, an audience that A, maybe are people that are interested in what you do. I think particularly for like what Ash, Ash and I do, People love the behind the scenes stuff. They love seeing like, mm -hmm. okay, so when you're not on screen, this is what you do. Or, you know, even silly stuff like, oh, so you actually go to the supermarket. Well, yes, obviously I do have to eat and I do have to go and buy clothes and I do have to wash my car, you know, all these normal things that you have to do as well. So it's kind of like an insight into your real life at the same time. But then I think the negative side with social media that, I think um, I was always told you have to be really thick skinned, really thick skinned, and you have to take everything just like, just either don't look at it and look for it because there'll always be negative stuff there. Mm, yeah. And it's so quick and so easy for someone to say, I didn't like your tie tonight, or mm -hmm. that suit doesn't fit you very well. Yeah. And, yeah. and I feel like, it's that it's that horrible you know you can hide behind the keyboard and write that yet if you saw me in the street if I turned around to you and said oh I don't like those shoes you've got on you know you'd yeah, never you would do it yeah no one would ever say that no one like not many British people anyway would probably say that because we're all a bit like oh so I think it's it can be a really powerful tool but at the same time can be quite uh, dangerous for some like for, if you look into it too much but I love Twitter. Like Twitter is my go-to platform for stuff because it's just a great way to be like, this is what's going on. Look at this. You can get a bit like shouty shouty on Twitter, but again, it's finding that niche bit of content that's really key and running with it and just seeing if that works and how that works. Do you think that being a meteorologist has helped you with the thick skin in terms of social media? Because I remember when I started my career, I was told you're going to need to have a thick skin as a meteorologist because people will come to you and say you got it wrong or your forecast wasn't very good or there's so many things that get said to you when things go wrong. And you have to just be like, OK, and you have to just let it wash over your back. You take it in, but you say, OK, well. I've got to move on from that. I've got to go to the next forecast. Do you think that having that thick skin through being a meteorologist has helped you take that into the social media world? That is a really good question, Gemma. I've never thought of it like that. I had it until just then. And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe it's linked. I don't know. It's so it's so <laughs> true, Gemma, though. It is a great question. Like, because, you know, you know, if you, well, obviously, depending on how a forecast is written and stuff, and you're going into site-specific, like, like, we all know the winter showers nights, but that could cost like 10, 20,000 pounds or mm. cost somebody that based mm. on their interpretation. But yeah, no, it's really, oh, God, no. The night shifts of the road shifts. We'll move on. Sorry, Chris, I interject. Go on. No, 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 absolutely fine. I know exactly the, the anxiety of thinking, I'm going to hand this over and I can see all my forecasts going wrong, but I clock off in 10 minutes. So um, yeah. and I'm going to wait all night. Bye. The worst, <laughs> it's the worst feeling. I felt I used to feel so guilty. I'd be like, there's my forecast. Oh. They've already gone a little bit wrong. I'll see you in 12 hours. I'm, I'm yeah. really, really sorry, but not, not, there's nothing you can do, is there? You just have to uh, run, okay. You know, Bye. I think that... You're so right, Gemma, because it's the one job, isn't it, that you can kind of, you can get wrong and nine out of ten times still have a job at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, it sounds horrible. Like, and, that's true. But there is, there's, science, there's a lot of science, a lot of science, as we all know, there's a lot of science in weather. But there's also, and I can remember one of my MET teachers saying to me, there's a science, there's also an art in this, and you'll only learn that the more you do it. And I think particularly for like out of the box meteorologists, you're like raring to go with all your science. And then you're like, things just happen like this because that's the way it is in this little area. Mm. And you don't know that until you've done like a full season or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, you are, you do have to get a fix. You know, you, you have to be able to deal with telling someone the forecast and them telling you in the ice, it's gone wrong. This is how it happened because of the information and guidance you provided me. 
and you kind of have to sit there with your tail between your legs but as long as you I think the thing now with everything is that before it wasn't necessarily you know we now have the time to explain our reasons why things are going like this and I think if you explain the thought process that you've given or you know in a way that the language that we can use the person understands and they can then like sympathize with you Mm. so with the thick skin maybe it has helped but then at the same time I just kind of think if you haven't got anything nice to say don't say anything at all so you kind of just like I get so many people write to me and pick out like the key one is my ears like I always get this picked up like I've got big ears like well done I do and so you just kind of um I just kind of roll with it and be like yeah I do but but those things don't impact how good you are at your job or the, how good you are at telling the weather to people. Do you know? I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know it's social media, but it really annoys me because yeah. it doesn't det- detract from how good you are at your job. And that shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. It really it shouldn't. shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. And I think you're 100% right there. It, it shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, but at the same time, you just need to... Like I've always been a bit like I just need to own that what they've said. Yeah, it might be like knock me, knock me for a bit, but then you get it said so much, or things that come back. But th- I think the stuff I don't like is just if you're going to say that, I don't have to read this, so I just get rid of you. Yeah, yeah. Do you know it's and then so I've had actually mine is normally when is Chris coming back? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's Chris coming back, but I've had a couple of, that's my, that's my comments. I write that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) It's you. So I'm just going to be really honest here. I think as a female as well, being a broadcaster, um, when you, you know, you do broadcasting. So you do get ridiculous comments on stuff that you wear and I always aim not to start like my whole thing is like you you want to do the weather so whatever you're wearing I don't want it to be the thing that's distracting you but I do find it very hard um normally the comments that I get is asking me perhaps am I pregnant and I find that very difficult so for those of you that may be listening and haven't seen this I consider myself to be a very average woman and actually I'm quite proud of that fact you know um and I've had two beautiful children and everything, but people can be really mean. And the thing is, though, I guess even if you get one of those comments and you get 20 positive comments, it is very hard to not focus on that. And you would tell your pal not to focus on that. You'd be like, this is one person. But it does, it, you know, you do, even though you might have a thick skin, you still read it and you will still take a microsecond and think, oh. And it'll still be the one that you think about. You'll yeah. have forgotten about the nice ones and it'll be the one that will just keep replaying. The, on one, the one that will, you know, that will, will play in your head as well. But yeah, it is it is tricky, which is why actually um, I, you know, for me, all my social media is just weather. It's just mm. weather. Don't put any, mm. don't put any opinions or anything either. More so because I don't have the time to do it, you know, but <laughs> like there's, a, there's also an art to social media and like my, for me, tweeting and retweeting is a big thing because I like genuinely visually the like images for me are just bring a joy to my day. Genuinely. I just like, they just bring a little bit of joy. I love it. And I really enjoy them. And so that's normally what I tweet and retweet and I don't actually tend to unless I have a good picture of myself I'll tweet it but you know you do have to under your pseudo name don't you Ash Someone else. <laughs> yes that, <laughs> oh, that's not me but uh, you know I, you know that that oh, you do have to you do choose that so actually I think you're very brave on social media you know because you will go out there and, and sort of like yeah you know you'll give an opinion about stuff or you know but equally you always put you will put your hand up and say oh that was a bit wrong or that was tricky or whatever like there's no there's no um dishonesty on it no I think that you kind of have to be a little bit of an open book and say oh I didn't and I and I I'm the first to turn around and say if I'm not if I've said something like in the morning in one of my forecasts and then the afternoon it's not happened yeah on the plan I'll say oh showers have developed in this area where we weren't expecting or um and I'll then say the reasons why this were are or possibly because you know if you get I just think you can't be a little bit open about it but then at the same time we can't critique ourselves too much because we just spend all the time then 
critiquing and it's a good idea to to say oh well it went wrong because of this and then you've yeah. explained it to people but the ultimate thing is if someone says something negative you have to think well I'm doing the job that I love exactly that's the most uh, important thing I, I'm doing a job that I love if you want to say something negative then that's on you that's not on me there is, yeah, this is the one job that every day I go in the office and I link, I love what I do. So that's amazing. It's true. Amazing. He's, he is, he's a bubble of joy. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... <laughs> you are. And he also always has snacks lying around somewhere. Oh. <laughs> Ash is raiding my snack. Board. I know. It's like, I have it. It's I'm, always I've good. I've been up since five and it's 11 o'clock and I haven't eaten what Chris got in his drawer. <laughs> What's your go-to snack? My go-to, mm. I love peanut butter and I love apples. So I have like peanut butter and apple <laughs> together. Okay. That is We're a getting great on then until then. I am not a peanut butter person. <gasps> Damn it. I can't what? even wash up a knife. If the knife has peanut butter on it, I just can't. The smell of it, I'm just like, no. Really? No. Yeah, the smell of it is just not Chris, nice. I have a very <laughs> important question. Okay. Well, I secretly know the answer to this, but nobody else would. Is it smooth <laughs> peanut butter? It is sweet. sweet, Like yes, it's a very important question. I think it says a lot whether you like your crunchy peanut butter or your smooth peanut butter. You know, it's smooth peanut butter because it's always gone when I go for it. (laughs) (laughs) As is mine. They get get replaced again and again. It's like oh, there's a new one here. Oh well. (laughs) We've each each need each need each other's ones. (laughs) Sorry, we digress. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to know do you change the way that you or do you change what you post on social media depending on the platform? Yes, definitely. So Twitter you can be a bit more a bit more shouty, not shouty, but it can be sharp and snappy. Mm. Uh I do find that videos don't tend to work too well. Like long videos don't tend to work too well on Twitter. Yeah. People don't have the time. It's a scrolling platform yeah um, whereas facebook someone is happy to sit there whilst you know have a little read about your explanation and actually facebook is a fantastic way of getting people to ask questions and you then get this like community of people and you know you can cause yourself to do more work i'm not going to lie because you can then spend more time answering <laughs> the questions thinking why did i do this <laughs> but it's a great way to get interaction with people yeah Whereas Instagram, for example, is perfect for those for in, you know, what we work in with graphics. Like yeah. A lot of people out there, they do some fantastic graphical explainers or just a quick snapshot or even like a 10 second video hit, which you're sitting there. And again, but I think nowadays it's all about that short, snappy to the point, like the, if you want to aim for the younger audience, they're not the ones that are going to be sitting there listening to you babble on for three minutes about something they'll be really interested in just getting the headline detail so like yeah they just scroll straight past they'll just be like nah i'm not into this let's go next one exactly and i think that's just the platform that you have to it's like horses for courses isn't it you need to choose the right bit of content for the right platform you're working on and and sometimes it will do really well i like to do a bit of research on people i like to do a bit of stalking on the internet before I come on and do a podcast. Oh, um, I've, I've never told anyone uh, this, but you're the first person. I, st- I stalk people. I just do a load of research before we come on and chat. Um, and I came across one of your, fa- I think it was a Facebook video, and you were doing an experiment to show how the uh, warmer air uh, was less sense. It would rise above in the thunderstorms. And I thought visually it was so good. It was so clear. It was excellent. It was really, really good. Thank you. But in practice, it didn't work very well, did it? Oh, did it not? (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, is that I think work know, Ash knows, a lot of people know that I'm a bit of a yes man. So if someone comes up with an idea, I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a go. I've got nothing to lose. I'll just try. And normally what happens is they become, at work, I do these like kitchenic science experiments and I've done a couple now and some of them work really well and then others don't always work fantastically. And, you know, sometimes when you're up against it and you're like, "Um, this isn't working exactly how I planned. I've got someone counting down in my ear. (laughs) I've got literally seconds to explain what has just happened. So, yeah, so I did do that thunderstorm explainer 
using basically for those people that are, are listening it's where you have two different temperatures of water you use some ice cubes which you put blue food coloring in and you put it into tepid water and as you drop the ice cubes in you get these wonderful plumes that develop and that's showing convection and, and bits and pieces in the atmosphere which is a great way of visually explaining to kids particularly because I'm a massive I absolutely love like, I did loads of stem stuff and I think realistically a job that I probably would have gone down and done would I, I would have been a teacher I would have done geography me too me too I love it so much you know I love that and just getting explaining something to someone and they all of a sudden the penny drops and you see it in their eyes that oh my goodness I get this now that feeling is like excellent you know and it's such a really rewarding thing to do and I think my I feel that every day if I can provide someone with a little penny drop moment or even it's just one person with a smile or a penny drop moment that happens I've done my job for the day and that's the kind of idea behind those science experiments that you do. It's all like kitchen science. So, you know, it's all kind of like you can never go yourself kind of stuff. But it's just a great way to entertain and, and learn something at the same yeah. time. So practical on stuff. And that, that's the type of learner I am. I'm a very practical, have to, I'm a doer. I have to have a go at doing it. Yeah, no, they're really good. They're a really good way of explaining things to people really visually. It's really good. There needs to be um, more of them, I think. Okay, noted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I didn't, there wasn't the pressure on you to do it. I just think in general. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to do more, just do them and I'll be Gemma, watching. Gemma, he will go and do it. He's literally an infinitesimal amount of energy. <laughs> Every I, day, seriously. Just... At the moment I do, yeah. But that's... Blows my mind. By, <laughs> by 3pm, I'm staring into the distance. Chris is like, right, what's next on the list? It's all the peanut butter. It's all the energy for the <laughs> yeah. peanut butter. That's what it is. <laughs> and they know at work, if I go, out, I go and buy a coffee, if I have a coffee, I am literally bouncing off the walls. So <laughs> I'm limited to like two cups of coffee a day. <laughs> That's tough, man. It's tough. Although I'm trying to keep mine dead at one. Chris, you mentioned there about, you're talking about your experiments about people counting down in your ear. Mm. So give us a little rundown. This is going to be hard, so we'll give you a minute to think about it. But what has been the best outside broadcast you've done? Whether that, whatever your version of best is, so whether that's how you enjoyed it or the feedback you got, whatever it was. And then obviously we want to know your worst. Okay. When it went terrible. When it went terrible. Thought, oh no. Okay. Can't so, get much worse than this. <laughs> okay, so... I remember one of my favorite outside broadcasts I did was, so I think with weather, we get to do some awesome stuff. Like we get to have a go at doing, you know, if it's, so I've done zip wires, I've done, um, I've done zip wires, I've done lambing lives. I think the lambing live is my favorite one that we do. The thing about it is the first day of meteorological spring, the first of March and going and sitting in a pen with orphan lambs that have been literally just born and they it's sad that their mothers can't look after them um, because they either of the mothers have had too many so if, 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 a, if a, a, a mother sheep a ewe has um, more than two can't two lambs she can't look after the third one or, or more so what happens is they have to be hand reared and because they're hand reared you then effectively become like mum and these sheep are all over you like a rash. And my favorite life that I ever do is sitting inside the orphan lamb pen, doing the forecast, and you've got like three or four little lambs that are running all over you or really interested in you, nibbling your jacket, pulling at the <laughs> cable, gnawing off your earpiece and all that kind of thing. And you know that you've got to get through this two minutes and you've still got that little voice going, counting down to zero. And you're just like, okay, stop nibbling me. You know, just trying to compose. <laughs> and they're the best lives you do because the end, they always say never work with kids and never work with animals. And uh, that definitely is true with that one. It's, it's great, absolutely great fun. I've also done sailing lives. So wow. doing like comings up at like, so when we do like a mid, a tie, a, what we call a tea, a mid program teas where you like a sailing and I'm, I've done sailing as a kid. So yeah, so all that kind of stuff and on, stand up paddle boards in water on a kayak you know we get lots of fun stuff I think I've also done 
what I really I I want I did a Christmas light switch on one year. Um, I think Asher, it was when you were off actually, and that was an absolute challenge because not only did I have this audience that were in front of me that couldn't hear anything going on in my ear. <laughs> So like, you know, I can't all of a sudden talk to the studio effectively. I've got to entertain this crowd of people. We pre-recorded the weather this day and um, they said, Chris, we want to see you. We want to see you with the crowd before we do the forecast. And then we want to turn the lights on. And I was like, okay, bearing in mind, a light switch on is countdown from 10, probably lights on. That's basically what a Christmas light switch on is. So, and I can even, it's like setting me off, like the, not the anxiety, well, like my heart's going like, oh my goodness, the tension that was in, it was going on here. And I can remember getting to the event, them saying literally, so I didn't know this was going to happen. They're like, Chris, we want you to go up on the stage now. We want to see the crowd. And then I was like, okay, great. So I stood up and I was like, good evening, Aylsham. All the crowd are going crazy and everything. And then I was like, quick chat. And I said, are you excited? You know, whatever for Christmas, we're about to turn the lights on tonight. Da, 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 da. And then they were like, okay, Chris, throw to weather. And I was like, we're just going to do the weather forecast now or something. Or I was entertaining the crowd. I don't know, I was entertaining the crowd. They played the weather, which I pre-recorded, right? And then in my ear, they say, Chris, we'll be back with you in two minutes. And I was then like, hang on a minute. I'm stood in front of 2,000 people. <laughs> I've got no, nothing to talk about. <laughs> and, and, and all of a sudden, I've got two minutes to now fill. And that was the longest two minutes of my life. I can just remember like, and but we have, um, we've got some lovely PAs at work. One of them's called Sally that counts us down. And the, you can just hear like, you know, normally what happens is the, the PA comes in and you're thinking, oh, I'm already at 10 seconds. Gosh, where's this time gone? And it's like 1.40. And you're thinking, what? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I just, I, my oh. skin is, I'm cringing for you here because I the nightmare. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> can you so, remember what you spoke about? Yeah, so I ended, up, I ended up basically saying, you know, saying things like, who's, so you do stuff like, who's excited for Christmas? Who wants snow? Um, and then what I ended up doing was typical like radio DJ where you're like, right, I'm going to split the crowd in two and <laughs> half. I want to be screaming as loud as possible. Da, 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 da. And then we have a competition. So I was literally filling, filling, filling. And then I was like, the next thing that happened, um, well, let's say we're going to have a quick rehearsal of what's going to happen. So at the moment we're live on ITV Anglia. I want you to scream and shout, blah, 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 blah. And then at this point they're going 30. And you're thinking, I've still got 30 seconds to go, Chris. 30 seconds to go. How am I going to do this? Yeah. So I, it was a miracle. And, um, you know, I think at the time it felt very, very, very stressful. Because I never, I hadn't really thought about that side about it. I think I would really struggle with someone talking in my ear while I was trying to do a forecast like how long does that take like are you used to it now or um, are you does it still catch you out now so that's a great question for both Ash and I I guess yeah um, so the only way I can explain it is it's like having a phone conversation but having a conversation now this thing with someone on the phone about speaking to your friend at the same time oh, I don't and know if I could do hard, that. that it's tough it's tough but you kind of just you just get on with it you just kind of like you just have to you're listening out for a count you're not like having a chat with someone you're just listening but I actually things- find it I find it really worrying when I don't hear it so now, like that's a very much a comfort thing for me okay. and there's a there's a like so every PA has a different tone uh, just a different kind of there's just these subtle enunciations that you hear in your ear. So it's like you're it's like you're listening out for something on the radio, but you know it's not coming just yet. And then as it gets closer, you start tuning into the key thing that you want to actually hear. Yeah. So like but, yeah. to the radio for the weather forecast, but you're having your friends yeah. over for dinner, and then all of a sudden they say, and the weather's next. You're like, oh, it's gonna turn this up. So yeah. you that, that person saying, oh, the weather's next or whatever. It's that little bit you're listening for yeah. all the time. And I think this, that you train your brain to, yeah. and it comes with, again, I'm not, 
I'm getting better still now. There are days that I'm still like, oh, but yeah. I find Maybe. it very comforting. Silence is is very worrying. You're like, mm-hmm. oh Imagine. my goodness, is is my lead working? Is something wrong? Uh, I didn't hear the last count. Was it a sixty? Was it a forty-five? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. When you were at the the Met Office and you were doing um, some of their me- do you did media uh, videos for the while well, you was at the Met Office yeah. as well, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Did you have counts then, or is that something that you only did once you moved to TV? No, so when we did <clears throat> at the Met Office, the setup they had there was a count on screen. So you actually had a timer that was on okay. visual timer on screen. I have also done a little bit of radio as well, where again, it's all counting to time. Mm. I think that what you learn, and it's also like the storytelling, isn't it? Like what you learn is you can change the tone of your voice and the speed of your voice. And particularly like when you're coming to the end of a story, it's very easy for you to say and that's the forecast for now you know you know slowing your voice right down to telling you coming to an end so it's another way of filling like great filling ways as well is I always convert temperatures into Fahrenheit or Mm -hmm. um you know we say like we'll see you later or it's just there's lots of different things you can Mm. do I think you Um, just get very very in tune though with what 10 seconds feels like you know you just know I can say this much in 30 seconds, this much in 20 seconds, you know. But two minutes is the longest when you've got nothing to say <laughs> in front of you. You can imagine. You're a hero. <laughs> I don't know how you did pressure. that. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's a very different environment, but it was good fun. So, yeah, I think it wasn't like my worst because I absolutely loved it at the same time. It was brilliant fun, you know, turning all these lights on and stuff. So like just... The anxiety or the feeling of, oh, my goodness, I've got nothing to say and I've got two <laughs> And people watching me right now how am I going to do this or whatever it was it might be more than that but yeah I'm just <laughs> reminded of an outside broadcast actually I did one time when Chris was coming back from Norwich city centre oh no <laughs> Chris please tell this story please oh, tell this story God. okay right first of all there's a side story to this and I'm going to tell you the side story very quickly the one thing we always say in April May or March April May is UV is rather strong at this time of year, so don't forget to protect your skin. What do I do on the first time that we have this lovely sunny day? I forget my sun cream, don't I? So it's like having a, a meteorologist caught out with an um, without an umbrella, and also you don't get a sunburnt meteorologist, you know, the person that's standing there saying, oh, make sure you protect your skin. So <clears throat> I've gone out for the day with a friend of mine, lovely walk, got sunburnt, or caught the sun, caught the sun, you know, you didn't get sunburnt, caught the sun. And I hadn't seen Ash for ages because uh, those of you that might be listening uh, don't know that Ash and I job share and we're like ships in the night. We don't actually work on the same days. We work different days. So we never actually see each other. It's only actually over a video call, normally something like this that we talk. So I walked, I parked the car at work and I popped into the city, came back and Ash was stood outside the studio doing a live. And I thought, Oh my God, like, Ash, how are you? Like, obviously checked, she wasn't on air. It was fine. So I'm then stood next to her and I'm like, oh, Ash, I'm going to blame your baby brain for this as well. I'm going to... <laughs> but I can... she said, oh, I've got ages. I've got loads of time until they come to me. I thought, okay, fine. Bearing in mind, I don't, I can't hear the gallery. She can, not me. Well, I and thought she... I could. I thought I could. That was the thing. They said, I thought I heard five minutes to you, which is forever so, in broadcasting time. Yeah, five forever. minutes. Yeah, five minutes. Like two minutes feels like forever, but five minutes. And I can remember standing on the grass with her, like in shot, obviously, because we were right next to each other. We were talking and I gave her a hug and stuff. The next thing I know is that Sean, our cameraman, who we work with, is going you're on, you're on, like this at us. And I was then like, I'm not on telly today. Ash is. And so I do this most awkward sidestep to like, <laughs> I'll get out of frame because they're framed just Ash. And then all of a sudden, you watch it back. I'm still in frame. I just <laughs> sit there like a lemon on the side of where Ash was doing the weather and everything. She's like, oh, Chris is here. Oh, distracting me again. <laughs> Whatever. Like, and I'm still stood there. And oh, God, that's the most cringiest time. And I think, oh, I, I, just, I haven't been doing it very long, Ash. And I, I felt so small. But I felt so ridiculous as well. I was like, 
this is a free this is a really important job, really important part of my job. How have I not heard my count like me and Chris are just, <laughs> you know, and throw to the weather? Oh <laughs> me and Chris is chatting away. Oh my god, so bad. My only saving grace was I was so heavily pregnant. Yes. I remember making some jokes saying, Oh my goodness, uh but you know, uh Chris is distracting me. It's the baby brain. <laughs> He was like, oh, my God. God. Yeah. Oh, I still chuckle at that, Chris. It did. You know, that's uh, laughter for life. That one. So funny. Yeah. Karen, our producer, running out afterwards going, that was brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Not sure. I'm not sure other higher ups felt the same way, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. God. Just like awkwardly sidestepped and still stood there for no reason. Anyway. It could have been worse. You could have just like dunk, like ducked down like that. Yeah, <laughs> completely away from the camera. Completely away from that. Didn't have to stand there for two minutes while she was still talking. The, oh god, it's so funny. But like that's the thing. The rule, like I have a little general rule myself. If I have a microphone pinned on or something in my ear, I generally, you know, don't say anything because you just never know. You just never know. For some reason, maybe something went down in the program or they come to you suddenly or need to fill. So you're normally, you know, quite conscious. I don't know what happened that day anyway. It's like the the post-program chat, isn't it, Ash? So Yeah, you... You know, so it's at the end of and all every news, every news industry. The paper this. shuffle. They play the credits. They do the paper shuffle, and you have a little kick if you're with other members of the staff in the studio. You know, you have a little quick chat and whatnot. And the number of times that you just think, I really hope that volume was right down on them. <laughs> Why did I say that? You know, you just think like, just even just like silly things like, oh, oh that picture doesn't look as good as I thought it did. Or, you know, something like that, which you just think, yeah, Why did I, I just say that? I didn't mean to I say know. that. I know. He always wondered whether people were saying anything or whether they were just pretending that no, just pretending well, to say something. Yeah. You kind of get that way, like you kind of just whisper and you giggle. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just sort of keep in mind you're on air until you literally hear the words. You're clear studio. Well, I forget that bit and I end up <laughs> I hear the music finish. The music finishes for an end of our programme. I then just walk off and then one of our rep toys goes. Oh, you're clear now, Chris, as I've stormed out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could name drop. He, he does the same to me, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Jeez, uh, um, Chris, the time has flown here. Um, so, Chris, um, where would you like to be in 10 years? Where would I like to be? Yeah. In 10 years' time? Yeah. On this same Zoom call, that'd be a long interview, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could talk about it for 10 years. Um, where would I like to be? I'd still like to be doing weather. I'd love to do some kind of naturey weather climate program. Hmm. Thinking for that, I don't know. I don't know where I want to be in five years. Yeah. Yeah, but probably weather. Something, something yeah. weathery. Yeah, definitely still in weather. Definitely still in the the met industry and doing the same job or doing something that I still love. Yeah, great, Gemma. We're going to have to start wrapping up here. So yeah let's go we're going to move on to our newly named because we've discovered it is not a quick fire round if you listen to the last well one of our previous podcasts you will know that it isn't all of it's fire so we've renamed it to (laughs) get to know me round (laughs) it's really catchy but you know (laughs) it sums up a little bit better than it did before so right let's go (laughs) chris what's your favorite season my favorite season is spring Spring into summer, good, like end of spring, answer. start of summer. Good choice. Good yeah. choice, yeah. yeah. Colours and warmth, better time of year, longer night, longer days, everyone, you know. Just for reference, Gemma's favourite season is autumn, but she's bending to spring after many a person has said spring. Autumn, everything's dying away. No one wants it. <laughs> No, everything is such a lovely colour. But I have I have said to Ash previously that recently I've started to move more towards spring. I just um, the thing I don't like about autumn is that the days draw the you know, the days draw mm-hmm. in and the nights get longer. And then it's that downhill, you know, 
but not downhill. You've got Halloween, you've got bonfire night, and then it's Christmas, then it's January. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, deep to stuck is winter, and I'm like, yeah the longer days do help and I've noticed it because I still do night shifts and on my last lot of nights I noticed how early well how, how much earlier now the sun's coming up and it makes such a difference to my night shift and we've been on night shifts before me and Ash and we like to go out and say welcome dawn we go hello dawn she's, <laughs> um, Is she nice? <laughs> she's lovely lovely in the morning hello dawn welcome um, and it makes such a difference to the night shift those earlier mornings it really mm. does the light mornings make such a difference I think totally agree with you on that the night shifts when you realize that you need those short nights but then it is a struggle to sleep during the day but then on those days you feel like you want to be up and about don't you so it's true yeah, yeah. that's a whole new podcast trying I to know, sleep on a night shift when it's 32 yes. degrees yeah oh. just trying to sleep on a night shift full stop <laughs> honestly Gemma you are blessed <laughs> you are blessed in yeah. that blessed uh, yeah. I got eight hours the other day between my night shifts. That's wow. mental. I mean, that's more than I get on a normal night. <laughs> it's more than I get between de- night shifts. When I'm on day shifts, I get less sleep than if I'm on nights. Don't know, don't know why. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move back. This is why this, this round is so long. It's because of this. Yeah, um, it's bad. <laughs> tea or coffee? Ooh, Earl Grey tea. Okay. With milk. Ooh, how much? Oh, okay. Uh, just a dash. Not as much as you, Ash. No. Yeah. <laughs> but Nat's pee after Ash has made it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember once I bought you a cup of tea and I had to ask them for an, an extra cup of milk because it wasn't enough. And Ash yeah. just continued to pour the milk in. And I was just like, he's <laughs> so milky. <laughs> throw the tea bag to the water and then Ash wants milk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do um, have milk with tea. <laughs> just to clarify if anyone needs to know a lot of milk uh, Twitter or Instagram uh, Twitter Jamie Dodgers or Jaffa Cakes Jaffa Cakes 100% <gasps> why full moon half moon total eclipse duh oh that's a great advert <laughs> that's a great <laughs> advert yeah great doing that Jamie Dodger. if you could invite one person to dinner who would it be David could be anybody anybody David Attenborough yeah, I agree. That would be my shout as well. The David Attenborough. Oh my goodness. The amount of conversation. I am in awe of that man. Like he is like the whole of my degree and studying and being. And he tells it in the most incredible way. Mm. Amazing voice. It's an inspiration, yeah. It's a great man. Mm. Um, do you have a hidden talent? Um... See, this is where there are other weather presenters out there that are very talented. And, you know, I can't play the drums. I can probably Neither can I. Don't worry about that. What, what is my hidden talent? Um, I can bake. Well, I can cook. I don't do baking. I can cook. What's your go-to recipe? Go-to recipe. I love a Spanish risotto. Oh, nice. And some chicken, some prawns. But then I also do like red wine. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can bust out some karaoke. Um, well, I actually I know what my hidden no, it's not hidden talent. It's like it's not even a party trick. Was it? What is it? I want to know I now. Know that I can recite the entire. This is not. This is so off topic. I can recite the whole of the Wild Thornberry's opening credits from when we were kids, just because I know it. I don't know why that's not even a talent, is it? That is a hidden talent. I love that. I mean, who's, that's so unique. And yeah, I don't know. I don't have any hidden talents, I don't think. But that's the sort of thing that you could just do at a party. People would I'd love it. Pre- yeah, totally. Yeah. Love I agree. That. I don't they would. They would. A couple of glasses of wine, they'd or, love it. Or, you know, you could turn around and announce everything like I was at Argos. <laughs> 335 to your collection point, please. <laughs> You know, he, does, he actually has <laughs> an amazing um uh oh god what's the what's the word called chris do i do your on tonight's itv anglia with becky jacob oh, announcer uh, the announcer uh, you've an amazing I, announcer i would voice. love to do the announcements i'd mm. love to be a you've a great voice for it continuity what, announcer yeah what is it um now 
the latest ITV headlines in the Anglia region with Becky Jago and Jonathan Wills. He does have an excellent Great. voice for it, yeah. Probably doesn't sound very good over 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 Zoom. It's probably no, better. it was good. He has this little softness to his voice when he delivers it. So <laughs> I'm going to give you a gift. I was thinking it's today, Ash. I don't know if, what your hidden talent is. Do you have one? Oh, jeez. Yeah, Ashley Creevy, apart from stealing, I mean, eating smooth peanut butter. <laughs> that doesn't belong to know. her. <laughs> oh, jeez, I don't know. Changing two nappies in 15 seconds. Uh, That's impressive. I don't think I could even change one. I don't know. What's my hidden talent? Oh, do you know, it's, it's so relative. I was in... It could be anything. I play the flute and the piano. I wow, should... I didn't know you never played the mm, either of those. Mm. I do, yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't think... yeah, that's a really hard... Mm. Can't you say that? It's a very hard question on the fly. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> Gemma, what's yours? What's your hidden talent? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's that hidden. I I can do baton twirling. <gasps> yes, you can. You're amazing really? at that. Yeah. I've been a pr- proper performer and everything. <laughs> totally forgot about that. You need that to start. The the... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You should start Instagramming that. Skipping is a big thing online. I bet you could turn baton twirling into a thing. It's so good. So much fitness, like the dexterity involved in that. But you used yeah, to perform, didn't you? All the time. Yeah, I used to perform in competitions and everything. What? <laughs> I yeah. didn't even know you could have a competition in baton twirling. Yeah, I used to be a national champion. Whoop. I know. Uh, well, back in a- the day. Back in the day. That's another episode. <laughs> yeah. You ask the questions now. <laughs> oh my gosh, I haven't done that for years. I don't think I could do that anymore. I you bet you it's like riding a bike. Muscle oh, memory. Mm. Uh, yeah, I reckon I could do the twirling part of it, but the sort of the kicks and the leaps, and oh, I don't know if I could do that anymore. Bit of a stretch, you could. Give it a go. I don't know, Ash. I don't know. Might need a bit more than just a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> That's the promo for this. I want that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I, would just want, I just want you baton twirling. And then at the end, of might this need one, a bit more quid, of a I'm just there. Just like, oh, I'm. <laughs> As I said it, I thought, yeah, that's Jimmy. You probably need to elaborate on what you're about to say, and then I didn't. So that's it. <laughs> that's the way we like it. We'll have to put an explicit on this episode. I meant I might just have to stretch for about a week, and not just like a quick <laughs> stretch. <laughs> what you do in your spare time, Gemma, is <laughs> your business. <laughs> So I, I edit the podcast, so I can just do what I want with that part of it. <laughs> but let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Okay, we've got two more questions. Um, fingers for toes or toes for fingers? Ooh, uh, I hate feet. I absolutely hate feet. So I would not want my toes on my fingers. So I'd have my fingers on my toe uh, on my toes. Mm. I think that's the most logical way to to go about it. I think that one. Final question. One thing you wish everybody knew about the weather. One thing. Oh, my goodness. The difference between, or in the phrase, sunshine and showers. Yes. I could not agree more. (laughs) Sometimes you will get wet. Sometimes you will stay dry. Sometimes you might stay dry all day. Sometimes you might get wet all day. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not unusual to have so a shower hilarious. for five minutes and then for the sunshine to come out. That is what sunshine and showers yeah. is. And some of those showers <laughs> may band together at times to give longer spells of rain. But apart from that, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and before we leave each episode, we do like to offer up just a little bit of weather wisdom. Um, Chris, you do something um, for ITV Anglia called Weather Word of the Week. And every week you explain a word. Um, one of my favorite words that Gemma knows this is my, I just love the word Scythiarism, which is the sound of rustling leaves. But Chris comes up with all sorts of gorgeous words. Some of them are really unusual. Some of them are actually just, you know, maybe something that was in the media that week. But Chris, do you have a favorite word that you'd like to share? So my favorite word is hoppy pollen and it's the first ever 
Weather Word that I ever did. And I think I told you about it recently, Ash, actually. And Hoppy Poller is... Oh, do you want Do you want to guess? Let's do... Yeah, what, you don't know. What Hoppy is Hoppy Poller? Um... It has to have the, the, the jargon here with, or the, the theme with Weather Word, it has to have a link to weather. So this one is a tenuous, oh, but it's still... Poller. Do we have... Is there I will a name? tell you that it's, it's Icelandic, so... Oh, is a word for snow, hmm. maybe? Nope. Sweet. Uh, Hoppy Poller. Oh, what type of weather happens in idea. Iceland that doesn't happen? So you can have it everywhere. And I'll is put it, you out. I was going to say, is it to do with, is it like the Icelandic word for rain or something? It's, mm, mm, I don't know. Maybe, no, it's linked. So Hoppy Poller is Icelandic for jumping in puddles. Oh, that's oh I love lovely. that. I love it because it's like Hoppy that Poller. Is the, that it's was that's the best word. There you go. Have you love seen it. that Susie Dent recently on <gasps> Twitter has been doing weather words and she put <gasps> thunderplums? I love yeah. that. <laughs> oh my I'm God. I so gutted. I was like, damn it. I could have used that one last week or whatever it was, but I will, I will bank that. Sneak it in. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Yeah. For a rainy day. But sure, everybody hears words from, you know, like it's, you know, it's all just retelling a story, isn't it? So yeah, exactly. great word. I would be very happy to have that again as weather word of the week. Weather word of the week. Yeah. If you've uh, listened to the podcast and you've enjoyed it, we would love it if you would subscribe, rate and review and share the podcast with anyone that you could think may love to have a little listen to us. You can find us on Instagram. We are for the love of weather. On Twitter, we are the number four love of weather. Um, and Chris, where can we find you again on uh, Twitter and Instagram and everything? You can find me uh, at ChrisPage90 on Twitter, Instagram and TV on Facebook. Brilliant. And obviously, as always, we really hope that you leave this episode loving the weather just that little bit more. Yeah, we really do. Thank you very much for listening, Chris. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Bye. 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 Bye.